Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Maria Altman. After what felt like a very long winter in the St. Louis region, it's refreshing to see blooms on trees and gardens cropping up. And one great place to go for a nice big dose of spring is, of course, Forest Park. Forest Park Forever's Land Management Group has come up with some great suggestions for areas of the park, especially worth strolling in in the coming weeks. And joining me in the studio is Roman Fox, Forest Park Forever's Horticulture Superintendent. And I want to make a quick note to our listeners, if you have questions about blooms or planting tips for our horticulture superintendent, Roman Fox, give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us an email at talk at stlpublicradio.org. And Roman, thanks so much for joining us. Um, First, Forest Park Forever is a private nonprofit conservancy that works with the city and the Department of Parks. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have a whole horticulture team. How, Mm How, like, what's your staff like? So we have um, a staff of uh, six horticulturists and seven full-time gardeners. Um, we have uh, another another number of seasonal gardeners. We bring in about ten seasonal gardeners uh, during the uh, growing season, active growing season, and we we'll also bring in a few interns this summer. So, all in told, there's going to be twenty-five or thirty uh, horticultural uh, horticultural team members there. Now, what is this distinction between horticulturists and gardeners? Yeah, so um, our horticulturists are our managers, our zone managers, and we break the park down into uh, six distinct horticultural operation zones. Um, and so those managers are going to do more of the management and planning strategies for those horticultural areas. The gardeners are there to do a lot of the care and maintenance of the ornamental spaces in the park. And Forest Park, I know it's bigger than New York City's Central Park. Yes, it is. But what what is the acreage? <clears throat> the park itself is uh, a little over thirteen hundred acres. Um, within that, though, we do have like the golf course and the zoo and uh, another um, number of institutions. Uh, if you take that property away from the park um, that we do not manage, uh, we're left with uh, approximately eight hundred acres in the park, uh, and we work with the city to manage a little over five hundred of those. So um, between the horticulture team and then our nature reserve team, uh, which manages about one hundred and seventy acres of the natural areas, the woods and the uh, forest, and uh, some of our waterways. That's a that's a lot of area that to cover. I'm I'm wondering what the sort of the process is for planning and and how many months it takes to really think about okay this is what we want it to look like in the spring so yeah if we look at just our spring displays and into the summer our our annual flower displays or the summer they're they're about a year-long process before we actually get to see them especially the spring displays so we're actually having conversations about the 2020 displays today, currently. Wow. Um, it's one of those things that we're kind of constantly thinking about the next round of things. So um, our horticulturists will be putting together formal plans in the uh, in the coming weeks and months. And uh, we'll review those plans and, and look at the specifics and, you know, are we getting what we need out of those plans and for the park and for the park goers. And uh, we'll begin, like, procuring that plant material in the summer. And uh, we plant all of our spring bulbs in the fall uh, once our summer displays are done. So we're looking at the months of September and October um, when we go to plant those. Uh, so that the following spring we have uh, the color and uh, attention that we look for in the park. I'm wondering right now what are some of your, you know, what's blooming? If, if yeah. someone goes tomorrow, what are they going to see? Uh, in the park, there's a lot. There's a lot going on currently. 
Um, we are finishing up uh, kind of our daffodils. Our daffodils are towards the end of their displays, and so some of the later daffodils are coming on and looking great, but I think some of the earlier, like, um, daffodils are, are starting to fade. Um, our tulips are in display currently. Um, this weekend's a wonderful time to go out and look at some of our tulip displays. There will be more to come. They, there's some that are still just starting to pop. Um, we also have a number of other, you know, natural native bulbs. Uh, we have um, the Virginia bluebells in some of our natural areas. Um, even some of our um, trout lily uh, is coming up in some of our natural areas. So if you're doing, going for a walk, there's going to be a lot of that to see all over. Um, we do have uh, a lot of trees that are in bloom. Um, so the magnolias are finishing up, our, our cherries are finishing up, but uh, the red buds are um, really starting to put on a show. So there's these nice pink inflorescence all over the park. So there's just a lot of color in the park and uh, just a, a great time to be, be around. I am curious, can, since you you know, are involved in horticulture. Mm -hmm. If you have a garden at home or at the end of the day, you're like, no, that's okay. I do have a garden at home. Um, there's, there's, I do have a garden at home. It's probably, uh, um, not to the, the liking of myself. I, I've always looked wanting more and wanted to do more things, but, uh, yeah, when I get home at the end of the day, it's not the first thing that I go to, <laughs> but, um, it is something that I do enjoy. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a passion. So it's easy to do. I'm wondering what a typical day like, especially for someone like me who spends most of my day in a cubicle in an office. Are, are you outside most of the day? Um, I myself personally am in and out, uh, just different different kind of things. But our team is is out, uh, especially with this the weather we've had this spring, which has been magnificent. It's been wonderful for us. Um, we spend a lot of time out in the park. Um, we there is no typical day though. We um, our days are. Um, you know, all over doing different things, seasonal, very seasonally driven. Um, but we're also reacting to things that are going on in the park. So as um, things happen in the park, we part of our job is to make sure that um, it's taken care of. And uh, we uh, the next park visitor that comes through gets the same experience as the previous one. So uh, there's no typical day. Um, we are moving around, and it's very seasonal. I'm wondering if you could sort of pick an area of of Forest Park and sort of paint a picture f for us, like walk us through for, for what's happening right now. Yeah. So um, I, I guess I, one of my favorite parts of the park this time of year is uh, the area around Post-Dispatch Lake and the Emerson Grand Basin. Um, and it's just a wonderful place to go and, and go for a walk this time of year. Um, so there's a number of um, uh spring ephemeral beds in that area so you'll see daffodils and tulips and, and a lot of beds around there there are uh, weeping willows around the the lake that are greening up and uh they they, they have this very almost like bright almost uh, chartreuse green that um has a really nice structure this time of year uh there are flowering trees like red buds and stuff uh, magnolias um lots of bulbs underneath those trees so um picnic island is a wonderful place to kind of go and look at some really great vistas of the park and um, it's just a really nice time, place to be this time of year, and you get really good views and vistas of um, some wonderful places over there. So it's a really nice spot. Well, I should say uh, for, for those of you listening, if you have any questions about planting, this would be a great time to, to give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. And we're talking with Roman Fox, the horticulture superintendent at Forest Park. Um, over the years, you can, can you really think of a time um, that's been particularly challenging for the growing season? I know you've said this spring has been yeah. really wonderful, but have there been years where you thought, oh, all that work and 
Yikes. Yeah, last year was uh, one of those years for us. Um, if you, this time last year, we were very cold and very wet. Um, we had a really late um, start to the spring, and so it was very challenging. Um, even though a lot of the spring flowering um, plants that we plant, like you know daffodils and tulips, they, they do stand the cold. They, they can stand the cold, but um, it just wasn't the perfect condition for them. So it was a real challenge for our team to um, – to keep the park uh, to the level of maintenance that we expect. Um, and then, then the real challenge for last year was it went from kind of cold and wet to really hot and uh, about mid-May. So we went. there was no real nice spring that we're having right now last year. So um, we, we, we have those challenges um, that uh, we, we get them every couple seasons or something about the season that's a little bit challenging. But um, – it's it's not the end of the world. We we have to work around it, and we we do a, our team does a pretty good job of handling it. Are there any new varieties of plants that are at Forest Park in the in the last couple of years, and um, new techniques yeah. that you're using? Yeah, we we're always looking at improvements of the plant material that we're using, or the um, the techniques of the way we're caring for it. Um, and so we, we're, those are always changing. But I would say that we're, we're doing a lot of um, improvements around the park, Forest Park Forever. And um, we have a number of uh, really nice areas that have been um, gone through some major renovations and the, the landscapes have changed. And so um, a couple of those um, areas uh, have come on pretty recently. But one of those is um, the area of Emerson Central Fields. And uh, in a few weeks on April 25th, we're going to have a nice celebration there uh, called Party Central. So uh, welcome the public to come out and see these spaces that have been improved and a lot of the new plant material that's gone in and the new landscapes that have uh, been placed there. So um, we're always looking at ways to improve, um, to improve the park experience for all visitors. Um, and the, the plant material, we, we always like trying to new things. Uh, we're, we're, you know, a lot of our horticultures and gardeners are plant geeks at heart. So when the, the new plants come out and we see new things, we're, we're always uh, fun, uh, fun to try those. Well, I think we have a call here from Susan, who's over <coughs> in the Metro East. And okay. Susan, why don't you go ahead? Hi. So great to get to talk to you. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're here. What's, what's your question? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're here, too. And I do appreciate uh Mike, um, Don Marsh, a lot. <laughs> oh well, thank you. Yeah. Do you have a question regarding I do, planting? I do. Okay, I have um, I have um, uh, shrubs. I guess they're boxwood. They get bigger every year, and I don't always trim them. Um, can I? Some people apparently radically cut them back to just the the stems. Uh, will they live, and will they leaf out? And then I have pretty much the same question about uh, some small. Uh, well, I have trimmed these. They are small honeysuckle plants mm -hmm. that are quite beautiful right now and leafy green. Um, but um, I, I resolved to cut them way back. Mm -hmm. uh, so tell me about that, please. Yeah, so if you have the ability to not drastically cut back the boxwoods, they're probably better to not do that. Um, if you can reduce the boxwoods over a multi-year period in incremental steps, it's probably better for the health of the plant. Um, so one of the things about a thing like a, a plant like boxwoods is evergreen is that the interior of the plant will um, not have a lot of green leaf material as it grows. It creates like an outer shell of uh, leaf material. If you remove that, you're left with just kind of this stemmy, uh, trunk. It will regrow. It won't look real good, though. Um, you can drastically cut them back. They will regrow. 
Um, but if you can do it incrementally over uh, two growing seasons where you remove um, kind of, you know, think of it as a, maybe a mesh where you're removing strategically half of it so that sunlight can penetrate into that shell and regenerate some new growth in that first growing year so that when you cut it back the second year, um, you can reduce it further, but there's now green material in the inside of it that can uh, can be a little bit more of uh, a pleasant uh, pre- presentation whenever you um, get that second growing year. So if you can do it incrementally, it's probably better for the health of the plant and for the aesthetics of the plant. Um, and then the same thing with the, now the honeysuckle and things, uh, other plants, a lot of um, the deciduous um, shrub plants do really well with just being cut back uh, drastically. It's a, it's a technique that we do in the park. Um, it, it really allows the plant to um, spend a lot of energy to, to regrow um, in, a, in a healthy way. So if it's deciduous and loses its leaves in the winter, it, it can be done. Thanks, Susan, for your question. And Roman, I'm wondering, what are your top tips for home gardeners? And are there particular misconceptions that that gardeners typically have that you can quickly say, no, no, no? (laughs) Um, The top tips for for gardening, I think, is to be mindful of water. Um, You can overwater a plant, but most, most, most of the time the overwatering of a plant is because of frequency. Um, it's, it's better to give um, infrequent heavy waterings than frequent light waterings. And so instead of watering it every other day or every day on a schedule, um, pay attention to the weather, um, pay attention to the soil in which it's growing in, and make sure that the plant has adequate water, but um, it's not saturated completely. So um, I think that a lot of um, plant health care starts with um, adequate moisture. And so that's, I think, the best place to start when um, looking at taking care of your plant material. Well, home gardeners cer- certainly have to deal with animals. And I'm at Forest Park, you're dealing with wildlife. So how do you deal with animals that destroy your plants? We, uh, very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, is, it is a challenge. Uh, probably not as much as... Um, some of the other parks in the area, we don't have a large deer population um, that can be very destructive, but we do have lots of rabbits that are very destructive. So um, we, we, we really look at the type of plant material we're, we're, we're choosing in the first place. Um, and if there's a possibility of getting something that may not be as appetizing to um, wildlife, uh, we select that. Otherwise, we use um, as many techniques as we can, um, repellents. Uh, there's lots of um, kind of um, animal-based products that are repellent and pungent in smell that will repel other um, animals. Um, and just we, we, we are constantly watching and, ob- and observing and, and trying to mitigate the problems before they happen um, and become uh, too much. But there's sometimes that we just we can't, we, we lose that battle. Um, the, the rabbits in the park are um, undefeated at this point. So, <laughs> um, but we we do recognize that wildlife is an, is a part of the park experience too. So, um, our plants don't um, get you know we we don't eradicate animals and wildlife for the sake of the plants. They have things have to work in harmony. So, um, we know that the visitor is coming for many reasons, and we want to make sure that we have um, everything for them when they come. Well, you know, I asked you earlier if you're a home gardener, and, and I'm wondering if you're able to really take time and appreciate the beauty of where you work on a regular basis or not. Absolutely every day. Um, I, I say this very frequently around uh, the team and with people that I feel like I have the, uh, the best office in the city. 
Um, it is uh, a beautiful location, and every day there's something in the park that uh, catches my attention. Even on the nastiest rainy days or the cold days, um, there's some really wonderful parts of the park and a lot of beauty there. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, definitely a treasure. What are you telling your friends? What, what part of the park are you saying you got to go see this? <clears throat> yeah, and that's, uh, uh, like I said earlier, I think this time of year is the – um, there's a lot I, I can't I can't narrow it down too too far, but I do love the uh, kind of Grand Basin Post Dispatch Lake area. The Government Hill is um, really coming uh, on this time of year too. It's a wonderful place to visit. So, all in that same area. So the World Fair Pavilion is a great place to be. Um, you know, if you come come into the park, you can stop at the visitor center and get a lot of information. But there's a lot of wonderful trees and plantings around the visitor center and. Uh, and just along our trails, our, nat- our natural areas are, are really coming in and are really beautiful this time of year. So I don't know. I could just start naming <laughs> off the rest of the park. <laughs> <laughs> and a very big team that takes a lot mm-hmm. of care uh, to make all of that happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they're a very talented team and a very passionate team. And so it's a wonderful group to work with. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a definitely a pleasure to, um, to have the responsibility to, to, to work in that environment. Well, our time is running short, and so that is it for us today. But Roman Fox, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us, the horticulture uh, specialist for Forest Park. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.